The first month of the Lula administration was as eventful as they come. One week into his term, Lula faced a major institutional crisis after hordes of far-right radicals stormed government buildings and tried to stage a coup. He also had to deal with market distrust and a grave indigenous health emergency. But month number two will also start with a bang. The new Congress takes office on February the 1st, and both chambers will elect their leadership for the next two years. The outcome will be pivotal to the success or failure of Lula's third term. My name is Gustavo Ribeiro, editor-in-chief of the Brazilian Report, and this is Explaining Brazil. Cede Silva, our Brazilian correspondent, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Gustavo. So, one of Brazil's most consequential political events of the year will take place on February the 1st, which is the election of the new leadership in Congress. This would be important in any presidential democracy where speakers usually determine the legislative agenda. But in Brazil, it has massive repercussions, right? Yes. Uh, in recent decades, and especially during the last four years, Congress has become more powerful, making the speaker a president-like figure in many instances. Such as? I uh, should mention a couple of examples. We can say that the 2019 pension reform only passed thanks to the personal efforts of then-House Speaker Rodrigo Maia, who led the lower house between 2016 and 2021. Then, during the COVID pandemic, Congress took the lead in enacting health and economic policies. And of course, in the case of the House Speaker, they are the only people with the power to initiate an impeachment process against the president in Brazil. Right. So, Sede, a lot of our listeners come from the U.S., where the latest election for House Speaker only ended after... 15 rounds of voting, a grueling affair. Why can we say for sure that absolutely nothing of that kind will happen in Brazil? Well, we have had our fair share of drama in past leadership elections, but nothing of the Kevin McCarthy kind. If no candidate for speaker or Senate president receives the absolute majority of the votes, a second round takes place between the two candidates who receive the highest number of votes. If there is a tie in the second round, seniority breaks the tie. Simple as that. There is also another key difference between the U.S. and Brazil. In the U.S., the election occurs by voice vote. That is, legislators must announce their vote on the House floor. This makes negotiation harder as it is not possible to hide one's vote. In Brazil, legislators cast their ballots secretly, shielding most of the horse trading negotiations from the, from the public eye. Right. So we have established that the new House Speaker and the new Senate President will both be chosen on February the 1st. Do we know who they will be? We have a pretty good guess. The House Speaker election is almost a non-event with incumbent Arthur Lira set to get two more years at the helm of the lower house. 
In the Senate, things are less certain. So let's start with the House vote. Can you give me a state of play, please? At this point, the only question is by how big of a margin he will win. The House has 513 members, and he could get as many as 500 votes. And that would be really impressive indeed. And why does Lida's re-election to the speakership seem so inevitable? In most democracies, the role of congressional speaker comes with significant power thanks to their influence over their legislative agenda. But as political scientist Beatriz Rey explained in a recent op-ed for the Brazilian Report, these powers have become overblown in Brazil making the House Speaker capable of reshaping the country's entire political landscape. Since the impeachment of former President Dilma Rousseff in 2016, Congress has held an increasing amount of power over the executive branch. Under the current House Speaker, Arthur Lira, Brazil has become almost a parliamentary system, with the Speaker exerting direct control over large chunks of the federal budget. You mean the famous secret budget, right? Precisely. In order to whip a congressional majority, the Bolsonaro administration enacted what became known as the secret budget in Brazil. It consists of opaque legal instruments allowing lawmakers to send money to their constituencies. In simple terms, it is an almost bottomless barrel of political pork used to buy support. Mr. Lira has personally managed who gets what and under which conditions. One of his aides was even tasked with keeping the books of these shady budgetary grants. In 2021, the Brazilian report collected public data on these budgetary grants to analyze exactly where this money was going and for what purpose. The lion's share of the money went to the parties that make up the so-called Centrão, or Big Center, a federation of conservative rent-seeking parties that sell their congressional support to the highest bidder. A group from which Lida comes, right? He is a quintessential big center politician. Yes, and the Brazilian report has also shown that municipalities that got more secret budget money saw incumbents winning more often, helping lawmakers enhance their profile as they were responsible for paying for an ambulance or daycare center, etc., which, of course, makes Lida very popular with the legislature. But today, Lida was very, very close to Jair Bolsonaro. And Lula took shots at him. Last year, Lula said the speaker was acting like a, quote, emperor and blamed Lida for what Lula called, quote, the worst Congress in Brazilian history. How has the Lula government positioned itself in regard to the race? So this is always a delicate issue. Congress is an independent branch of the government, but the president's office has a lot of interest in getting a friendly name as a speaker, as it means having a facilitator for its agenda. In the past, the Workers' Party tried to meddle in the speaker race, and that rarely yielded positive results. When Lula was president, he once saw an inept backbencher win the election amid a rebellion of allies. Then, when Dilma Rousseff was in office, the speakership race sparked a feud between her and Eduardo Cunha, the speaker who won, a man who went on to open an impeachment process against her in less than a year. 
And after these past mistakes, which were painful to say the very least, what is the approach of the Lula administration now? As much as Lula would love to see a different House speaker, the inevitability of Arthur Lira's re-election led the Workers' Party to officially endorse him. Yeah, like they say, if you can't beat them. Precisely. And that move creates a curious scenario with Arthur Lira being endorsed by both President Lula and former President Jair Bolsonaro. For former President Jair Bolsonaro, Lira was an ally. And he even sat on 158 motions to impeach Bolsonaro. So what kind of speaker should we expect Lira to be for Lula? Should we expect him to be as close to the new president as he was to the old one? I understand Arthur Lira uh, is not very ideologically committed to bolsonarismo or to petismo. And what he wants is to keep power over the budget and to keep a power over appointing his allies uh, to offices in the different ministries and so on, and getting his own allies, Lira's allies, to do the same thing. One of the constraints that Lira will face in relation to Bolsonaro, if you compare that uh, Lira was very close to the Bolsonarista agenda, and he might not uh, be able to be as close to Lula's agenda, one of the obstacles that Lira will face to be as ideologically close to, the, to Lula's agenda as he was to Bolsonaro's agenda is the fact that uh, Bolsonaro's liberal party will have a larger bench in this Congress and a lot of former Bolsonaro allies, a lot of Bolsonaristas, uh, were elected to the House uh, this year. So there will be a large conservative bench trying to block uh, Lula's agenda from happening. Right, and on that note, it is important to remember that before the 2022 presidential race, Arthur Lira said that voters' choice between Lula and Bolsonaro was essentially a choice between the Mensa loan and the secret budget, the Mensa loan being a corrupt system Lula used during his first spell as president, essentially bribing congressmen in exchange for support, and the secret budget, as you explained, that opaque system of budgetary grants. So it means that Lida essentially said that at least some level of corruption is needed for the government to have positive relations with Congress. Yes, and it is very likely that this will continue, uh, even though late last year the Supreme Court banned the secret budget. Uh, the lawmakers have already found a way to bypass that. Uh, before the secret budget was designed in late 2020, there was already a similar scheme going on uh, by which uh, lawmakers that are close to the Bolsonaro government at the time got to appoint uh, earmarks in the budget, especially of the regional development ministry. Uh, even though the secret budget might not happen anymore formally, where you have a rapporteur in Congress that is specifically uh, designed and appointed uh, to, to design the amendments and the earmarks in the budget, uh, Lula and Lira can replace that by the previous system where lawmakers close to the government get a direct say on the federal government's budget. And after the break the proxy battle between Lula and Jair Bolsonaro in the Senate. 
We'll be right back. We remind you that the Brazilian Report is funded by subscriptions and support from loyal readers. Besides subscribing to our website and getting exclusive daily content on Brazil and Latin America, you can also treat our staff to one to five cups of coffee a month. And in return, you get exclusive benefits such as special newsletters, behind-the-scenes content, as well as a shout-out here on our podcast. So today, I want to thank our Buy Me A Coffee members, John Thomas III, Luis Hans, Erwin Menez, Orlando Black, Steve Knapp, Aaron Berger, James Coney, Carlos Vresvrik, Alasdair Townsend, Peter Abrahamson, Jim Awafadeju, Michael Fryer, Miller Renacido, David Dixon, José Jose Stankovic, Emerging Market Muser, Yarden Iftar, Tonica Thompson, Anderson da Silva, Kat Kramer, Peter Suffering, Anna Lund, and someone who chose to remain anonymous. And if you also believe in the importance of independent journalism, and also if you want to hear your name on our podcast, head over to buymeacoffee.com slash Brazilian Report and subscribe to one of the membership tiers. Buymeacoffee.com slash Brazilian Report. We're back with Cede Silva, our Brasilia correspondent. Cede, we're recording this podcast on January 31st, and the vote for Senate president is on February the 1st. So we don't know the outcome of the dispute right now. And as you say, the Senate vote will bring more suspense than the House. What's the state of play there? Just like in the House, the Senate will have the incumbent trying for two more years as head of the legislature. Senate President Rodrigo Pacheco, who is openly endorsed by the Lula administration, is the favorite. But Rogério Marinho, a newcomer to the Senate who served as Mr. Bolsonaro's regional development minister, will give Pacheco a run for his money. Two years ago, Mr. Pacheco cruised to victory with 57 out of 81 votes. But the pro-Bolsonaro caucus could make life difficult for him this time around. And why so? Before leaving the government to run for the Senate, Marinho headed the department responsible for paying most of the grants through the secret budget, which could make him popular with many of his peers, just like Arthur Lira in the House. Right, indeed, we see a pattern here. Yes. Also, Rogério Marinho is Bolsonarism incarnate. So his dispute against Pacheco is a proxy war between Lula and Bolsonaro. Let's remember that pro-Bolsonaro candidates made inroads in the 2022 Senate race, which renewed 27 of the 81 seats, that's one third of the Senate, including four members of the Bolsonaro cabinet, and former Vice President Hamilton Mourão, who will now also become a senator. Moreover, uh, the former president's Liberal Party has the biggest bench also in the Senate. They have 14 out of the 81 seats. Rogério Marinho hopes that these former ministers and this bench of the Liberal Party will hand him victory on Wednesday. 
Some in the government have anticipated a landslide win by Pacheco with up to 56 votes out of those 81 possible. Too optimistic of them? I think so, especially given recent outcomes in the race for Senate president. What do you mean by that? Bolsonaro has been able to stir up a little bit of chaos in everything and also in the election for the Senate's leadership uh, in recent legislatures. In early 2019, he backed Davi Alcolumbre from Amapá, a small state in the Amazon. It was a risky move as Alcolumbre was facing Renan Calheiros, a shrewd politician with a wide array of alliances and who, who had been Senate president several times. In one of the most turbulent sessions in Brazil's Senate history, Alcolumbre pulled off the upset. And why would you say one of the most turbulent sessions ever in the Brazilian Senate history? According to Senate protocol, presidents of the Senate are chosen by a secret ballot with whoever receives a majority of votes being elected Senate president for a two-year term. With increased public clamor for anti-corruption and accountability of elected officials, there were calls in both houses of Congress for elections to be held in open nominal ballots, which was not good news for Senator Renan Calheiros, who was already known for a lot of corruption schemes uh, in history. After over four hours of political maneuvers and loopholes, jeers and insults, and a bit of petty theft. The election for Senate president was postponed to the next day, February 2nd. And that session was no less eventful. The first attempt at an election was annulled after the governing board counted 82 field ballots in a chamber with. 81 senators. While the second vote was in progress, favorite Renan Calheiros took the stand and announced the withdrawal of his candidacy, declaring Davi Alcolumbre, sponsored by the Bolsonaro government, the new president. Yeah, no, I remember that chaotic coverage, indeed. And then, two years later, that's early 2021, Bolsonaro again interfered with the Senate present race, this time backing Rodrigo Pacheco, who was the proxy of Davi Alcolumbre. Uh, Davi Alcolumbre tried to get a new term as Senate president, but was bared uh, by the Supreme Court, and thus he could not run again, so he endorsed Rodrigo Pacheco from the state of Minas Gerais. And again, this Bolsonaro move paid off. So, while Rodrigo Pacheco is the favorite uh, this time, we cannot rule out an upset by Rogério Marinho. So what would a Rogério Marinho win mean for the Lula administration? Some political analysts consider that a Rogério Marinho win would be the worst case scenario for Lula and essentially bury most of the new government's agenda. Rogério Marinho has been very antagonistic to the Lula government and to the Supreme Court. He would expected uh, to cater to part of Bolsonarism that wants the Senate to impeach Supreme Court justices, not to mention that he would be a massive roadblock to the government's agenda. Most of Lula's projects require amending the Constitution, which calls for a 60% majority and two rounds of voting in each congressional chamber. If you do not have the support of congressional leadership, 
any such effort is as good as that. And what about Pacheco? I mean, Lula is supporting him, even though Bolsonaro was on his side two years ago. So what to take from that? Unlike Arthur Lira's very active support for Bolsonaro, Pacheco acted as something of a buffer between the far right and the left. Pacheco stalled the creation of a select panel on Mr. Bolsonaro's mishandling of the pandemic, while also sitting on bills backed by the Bolsonaro administration, loosening gun controls, legalizing casinos, reforming the tax system. Markets like Pacheco, because his win would mean that he would filter any economic projects that are not moderate or pro-Borkat. But Pacheco would not be hostile to Lula. If the Lula government is willing to have a positive relationship with Congress, there is a major opening for that in Rodrigo Pacheco. And does the government want that? Yes and no. Lula is as savvy a political negotiator as they get. Still, he continues to bang on a drum that could sour relations with part of Congress. During his trip to Uruguay last week, Lula once again referred to the 2016 impeachment of Dilma Rousseff as a coup and her former vice president, Michel Temer, as a coup monger. This kind of rhetoric does not help Lula with conservative senators who supported Rousseff's Austin. Seven of Lula's current 37 cabinet ministers supported the impeachment, and lawmakers who voted for her Austin will not be thrilled to be called coup mongers. The mildly conservative voters who were crucial for Lula's razor-thin victory in October cannot roll their eyes high enough when the left brings up the impeachment again. So an adjustment of messaging may be in order if Lula wants some much-needed goodwill from the next Congress in both houses. And of course, we'll be sure to monitor any developments on that. Cede, thank you very much for your insights. Thank you, Gustavo. Cede Silva is the Brazilian Report's congressional correspondent. He will be on the Senate floor following the developments of the election for House Speaker and Senate President. And you can follow his coverage on the Brazilian.report. If you like explaining Brazil, please give us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts, because that will help us reach a broader audience. Or better yet, sign up for the Brazilian Report, the journalistic engine behind this podcast. We have a subscription-based business model, and your memberships is what fuel our journalism. Thanks to our subscribers, we have been able to cover Brazil and Latin America extensively, and for our work, we have been shortlisted or won multiple international journalism awards. In order to keep doing that work, we really need your support. Go to brazilian.report slash subscribe. I'm Gustavo Ribeiro. Thanks for listening. And Explaining Brazil will be back next week.